Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie Updowns. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. Y'all, the crew, and I hop back on the bus tonight for another weekend of taking the pod on the road, another coast to visit in our That Sounds Fun Coast to Coast tour. Marietta, my hometown people, we are coming for you. That show is completely sold out, like uh, fire marshal level (laughs) sold out. But you can catch it online and live stream from the comfort of your couch, alone or with your friends. Just head to CompassionLive.com and grab those tickets. And Florida friends, we will see you in Tampa on Saturday. Southern Alabama, Southern Georgia, Mississippi. Y'all come on to Tampa. It's going to be great. We want you to be in those seats. All the info is at AnnieFDowns.com slash events. And then next week, we are coming for you, West Coast. But before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment and share about one of our incredible partners. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We all know that relationships take work. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well. But a lot of times we forget to prioritize what's arguably the most important human relationship in our lives, the relationship with ourselves. So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just like everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. My counselor is such an important voice in my life, and I want you to have that as well. And you can find it through BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and that sounds fun, friends. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. 
That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash That Sounds Fun. And today on the show, I get to talk again with my dear friend, Stacy Morgan. You may remember Stacy from when she was on the podcast before, episode 214, and then again with her husband, Drew, a legitimate astronaut, on episode 234. Well, I'm just one of her biggest fans, and I cannot wait for y'all to hear about the big project she's releasing into the world. Her first book, titled The Astronaut's Wife, How Launching my husband into outer space changed the way I live on Earth. It's fascinating. And I have loved having a front row seat to Stacy's journey. And now the process of her sharing that with all of us. So much so that I got to write the foreword to this book and I'm honored to do so. So here's my conversation with my friend and author, Stacy Morgan. Stacy, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. So excited to be here with you, of course. I just enjoy this so much. I need to talk, have a real conversation with you first because our friendship was born on Tiger King. Yes, have this you, is proof that God can use anything. That's right. That's exactly friendship. right. It's 100% right. Have you even tried to watch season two? No. I feel yeah, like how can you surpass no. season one? I mean, it, I tried for like, I bet I, I think it was during... It may have been during one of our snowstorms or something. I tried. I was like, I'll try. I'll just see if it's interesting. It is literally mostly like fans who are doing research from their basements. Yeah. I feel like this, like we know the story, you know, it's kind of done. The guy's in jail. He's in jail. Like, and he's not the only one now that's in jail. Like pretty much they're all in jail. Right. Where is this going? Like follow up with the tigers. I'm less interested in the people. Right. The people part has gotten weird. I'd like to know how the animals are. Where are the tigers? I want to do a tell-all with the tigers. Can we talk a little bit about how the old sausage is made in book world? Man, yeah. It's your first book. Your first book, The Astronaut's Wife, is coming out. What day is it? It will. will. What day is it released? Eventually. Okay, so we're hoping that it will be March 8th. Okay. Uh, that's one month past the original release date. But, yeah. you know, it's funny. You watch the news and they're like, supply chain issues. And you're like, oh, that's too bad. Maybe my, like, 10-pound bag of gummy bears I ordered from Amazon will be a little bit late. Right, right, <laughs> and then, right. And then you get the email that's like, oh, actually, this is affecting your book release because there's, you know, all these supply chain issues yes. down the road plus the printer plus the transportation from the printer to the distributor. All these things I knew nothing about a few months ago. But like with everything in the pandemic, you're like, wow, I had that's a whole world of things I had no clue about until before this. So we hope beginning of March and, uh, you know, we'll see. You identify most closely to as an Enneagram 8. Yes. And you have no control over this situation. No control. This is a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's it been like? What was that first call like of like, hey, your thing is delayed? I was like, okay. I mean, at least I'm wise enough to know I can't actually make it leave the printer <laughs> right, right, <laughs> earlier. Right. But I'm like, well, what can I do, though, to like control the messaging uh, on this? Like, yeah. I need to get on social media right now, this yeah. second. Yeah. Like, even though I don't have all the information, I'm going to get on right, right. now. I'm going to at least start I'm telling gonna, people something. 
I'm going to start telling people. I'm like, yeah. do you need me to email Amazon and tell them? Like, And they're like, we have people. We have people who do can do that. Do you need me to email Amazon? I no love need. that so much. No need No need to like, you know, step on our toes. It's fine. Right. We got this. And I'm like, right. okay, well, I'm ready. And so then I just channeled all my angst into making memes and yeah. things about patience or waiting or supply chain disruption and, you know, complaining about it loudly to any friend who would. Yes you know, pause long enough to listen to me. I listened. I was listening to you. Um, you feel me pain. I do. I do. Cause we had the same experience with a hundred days to brave for kids. I mean, the release date changed over this, over right. this book situation. This is maybe too serious for us to go in minute five, but what did you feel about God? You know, he's like, Hey, remember when you said like you could work on patience? No, you, <laughs> you know? said that to him. You did this well, to yourself. You know- well, you're like, oh, you know, this is going so well. Like I have in my own pride, I'm like, I have managed this really well. Like wow. everything's going great. So the reason <laughs> my know? book is late is because of you. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Probably. Got it. I'm gonna, now I, I apologize for that. Now I understand. Yeah, you know, and I think in my own mind, you build up these expectations, mm. like with everything in life, right? Like, oh, it's going to come out on this day. So then that allows me to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. And you put this thing on a pedestal, whatever it is for me, it was like the initial launch date. Yeah. And yeah. then that's jerked out from underneath you. Right. And you can't help but question like, is this still, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, but this is like the, the, the right before launch author mindset, right? Like, was this whole thing a mistake <laughs> because yes. we got pushed two weeks or a month or whatever? But you're like, yeah, okay, this does not change a slight shift. And again, and I should say like a one month shift is nothing compared to some people's projects are being shifted like six months, a year. Yes. So, you know, like I shouldn't complain about one month, but. Yes, you can. Don't, you, you don't have to do things. that. Why can't it be both? Why can't it be yes and? Why can't you're right. yours be you're right. true and that there are other situations that are terrible for other people in this industry? You are too. absolutely right. You're so. absolutely right. But it's like, you know, you, you're forced to kind of confront in a situation like this, like, okay, <laughs> the date does not determine whether or not this is still a God-ordained project yes. or that I was supposed to do this or that it's still going to be impactful in people's yes. lives. Like, yes. the date does not affect all these things. This is just, you know, this is logistics. Yeah. This is not divinity. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, let's not read into this more than it should be. That's very, you need to say that a lot to me in our friendship. Cause I'm always like, Lord, Lord, have you abandoned me? <laughs> have you left <laughs> me right. in my time of need? Because my book is getting shipped two weeks late. That's yeah. right. That's right. What does this mean for my life? Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> the drama I do. That is a hundred percent the drama I do. The Lord and I are having a very similar conversation about what does it mean when the right thing is postponed? Oh, yes. Versus it being the wrong thing. And so how did you figure? I mean, so many of our friends listening had something. I had a trip canceled last week that I was supposed to go on that we're hopefully rescheduling. How did you determine in your own heart? No, this was still a God thing, even if it didn't happen when I wanted it to. I think it helped because uh, to talk to people who had journeyed alongside me through this whole process, because they, you know, they were like, I'm down in the weeds. Like I am like in the dirt in the weeds on this. So like any little disruption is like catastrophic, you know, whereas the friends of mine who aren't, they have lives other than this shocking. So they kind of are seeing like the bigger arc of this, how it's played out over the last, you know, 18 months, two years or whatever. So they're like, hey, um, <laughs> I feel like you've you've lost a little perspective on this. Let me remind you oh, wow. of like how these things played out over the last 18 months that very clearly 
this there like like God is involved in this process uh-huh. and this is like a, a three week shift like yes, let's let's yes. regain some perspective here yes. and that has been super helpful because I'm just in my own head yes you know the so. woman who discipled me in college I remember one time just like spilling my feelings about a situation and I just was I I mean probably 20 minutes and then she was like okay I'm glad you said all that none of that's true I'm glad right. you got it out I mean I think that's why community matters is you can get stuck in your own head about anything so quickly and deceive yourself so quickly. Yeah, because when you're in your own head, your voice is so loud. So I mean, it loud. Is, or if any of you have isolated yourself for any yes. number of reasons, your voice may be the only voice you're hearing. Yes. And it just feels like, it just feels like, well, this is the truth. Because in yes. that moment, everything you are hearing and feeling in your body and also like yep. seeing around you through the lens of your pain or whatever yeah. is like, yeah, this is true. Uh, this is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And you're not hearing any of their voices. But I think about a friend of mine a couple months ago, I had a really bad week where it was like a convergence of a whole bunch of things, yeah. completely unrelated to the book launch yeah. shift. But it just, I was in some pain about another friendship and some other things and it all came together. And I felt like I was just like, you know, that feeling when you get hit by a huge wave yeah. and you feel yourself get like tossed upside down and your brain is like, oh crap, we're upside down. Yeah. Like, and you can, and like, and every once in a while you just get like hit in the face with the yeah. ground and then you bounce off and you're just, you don't know which way is up. And it's like very scary. Cause you're like, I'm going to die here. I'm going to drown could right be now. How I die. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. And I was feeling like that that wow. day. And I remember sitting on the couch and just feeling like completely over, just overwhelmed, just tossed. Yeah. And I called my friend and which is, was definitely a divine prompting because uh, I like to solve my own problems yeah. and I don't like to inconvenience anyone with my yes. problems. So yes. I was like, okay, that was definitely God telling me, pick up the phone, yeah. call your friend, like actually call her. And she answered another yeah. divine intervention because yeah. nobody answers their phone anymore. Right. And I spelled it all out and cried a little bit. Yeah. And then she said, let me help you find your feet again. Let me like, let me find some firm footing for you. And she actually said what that. What a beautiful thing to say. I know. And I was like, you know, as I thought about this conversation over and over, you know, she was like, let me tell you some truth and let me help you find your firm footing again. Wow. And she did. She was like, she gave me that big picture arc on a bunch wow. of things. She, yeah. you know, gave me some truth that she knew about myself, about the situation, about yeah. this other person, you know, and she did exactly that. And it was like, when you're being tossed by that wave and you're feeling, you know, your bathing suit is getting filled with sand yeah. and it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your feet hit the ground and you can stand up again. And you're like, wow. oh my gosh. And you just feel like, okay, it doesn't mean it's not uncomfortable or that you're not soaking wet and you don't, you don't have sand in every crack of your body, yeah. but you at least have your feet on the ground again. And now you can like take one step in front of the other and like move forward yeah. again. Yeah. And man, after that conversation, it was exactly what I needed to hear at that moment. But thinking about it in the last couple months since then, I'm like, that's the kind of person I want to be. Like, that's the kind of friend wow. I want to be. And the kind of like person I want to be, even just like for strangers who cross my path that God puts in my path. Like yeah. when you're getting tossed by life and right. you can't find up and the world just feels scary and like maybe you're drowning and you know, you just, you're just lost. Like, I want to be that person who helps you put your feet on the ground again yes. and like stand on the truth Yes, and help you get back to where you need, at least facing yeah. in the right direction yeah. and uh, can put one foot in front of the other again. I mean, so much of your book, The Astronaut's Wife, is about 
the community that stepped in and yeah. helped you. I mean, not only has your husband Drew been deployed overseas, but he also was in outer space for right. how long? Nine months. So it's yeah. kind of like the ultimate deployment. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ultimate deployment is correct. And and so, I mean, did any of that time period, did any of what you learned about community then play into this? Like, do you feel like you drafted off of some of that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like the nine months that he was gone, I was forced to put all these little life lessons that I've collected over the years, but are easy to kind of forget or, you know, yeah. to never kind of string together. I was kind of forced to implement all of them in this nine months. And community, the the reason you need to have friends and, and quality friends and that you need to be vulnerable with those friends and, yeah. and ask for help and really be yourself, like, it was essential to, to surviving, mm. absolutely. And it's funny, it's like I thought, oh, this will be, you know, important in this mission. But then it's like the pandemic started. And then now it's like we're all communally experiencing a lot of the same things yes. that I started experiencing you know, when Drew launched into outer space, but yeah. have now continued, you know, yeah. things about being intentional, about what it looks like to be a friend who pursues other people, not waiting for other people and, yeah. and why, why you do need to be honest about what's going on in your life and asking for help and being truthful about when you're lonely or yeah. sad, yeah. not isolating yourself and accepting help when it's offered yeah. in all of its forms. You know, on Fridays, we send an AFD Week in Review email, and we tell them who we're interviewing the next week. So we got a bunch of questions for you from our friends listening. <laughs> but one of them that I think I would love to hear you answer, I've, you and I have never talked about this. For our friends listening, Stacey, you, you were on the show episode 214, and then you and Drew were on episode 234. So people can go and listen to those. But in the months and the year and a half, I guess, that Drew has been home from outer space, which is a fascinating <laughs> sentence. Um, one of our friends asked, how does the transition from your husband coming back from deployment and him coming back from space differ, if at all? Oh, that's interesting. Because I would say under, under normal circumstances, non-pandemic circumstances, they're uh, very similar in that you come back just like, I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about how you can be in a combat zone one day and home mowing the lawn the next day, thanks to the oh right, you know the magic of airline travel. And then the same thing with space. You can be in space one day and then they literally get home within 24 hours. And normally under non-pandemic, there's maybe a couple days of some kind of quarantining, which again, yeah. like pre-pandemic, that was like an adorable phrase that meant like <laughs> hanging out somewhere for yes. a while. <laughs> now it means something totally different. I but thought like, that just the other day, yeah. Stacey, I was like, I have, I would have in 2019, I would have never so casually understood the word quarantine. That's right. That's no. right. It was like literally before Drew's launch, he had to quarantine. And yeah. I was like, well, this is weird. Like, I don't <laughs> even know what this is, you know, like, and now I'm like, oh, I'm painfully aware of what this means. But now what made this different this time, because normally it would be very similar. They would come home, the the suggested return from a deployment and whether that's in space or a combat zone is what my... Um, psychiatrist called titrating a return, which is like okay. a little bit at a time. Like it's stressful to not live with someone for a very long time yeah. and be living connected, but independent lives. Yeah. And then all of a sudden be thrown together like all the time. And now, you know, I've been operating as a, you know, like the solo person for yeah. so long. And, you know, 
it can it can be a breeding ground for some problems, right? Yes. To kind of go from zero to sixty, uh, a little bit of an awkward. And sometimes, I mean, I remember the week before he got home, you and I were talking and you were like, I'm going to have to share the sink again. And I've had yeah. like all I've had the whole space to myself for nine months. And now That's I right. have to share I, the sink again. That's right. I mean, it's little things like, yeah, like uh, I have to like, you know, not sleep right in the middle of the bed or like not right. take over the right. entire house. Right. Or I have to think about what's for dinner for, for like two adults who care versus when it was just me. Um, and your four kids, like, you're like, ah, oh, they don't care. They'll right. eat whatever. I was yeah. Like, yeah, cere- yeah, cereal again, <laughs> you got it. But then the bigger things, like I've been a solo parent and making all the parenting decisions and the kids have adjusted to that or I'm, you know, I'm the master of my own universe in yeah. terms of my own time, all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden another person's going to come in who has an opinion, and rightfully so, who is watching me and maybe commenting on it. You know, like that's, it's awkward and it can be uncomfortable. So normally they would suggest, like when when a unit comes back from deployment, they have things that for at least the first few weeks at their home, they have somewhere they have to go every day. They go as a unit and like clean equipment or do some retraining or whatever so that you can have some healthy distance and come back to each other in bits and pieces. So they kind of like go to work every day. Yeah, they go to work every day because it's like this fantasy of like people come home and there's like some kind of like sexy reunion is like not really true. (laughs) You you kind of, I I mean, maybe it is for some people, but I think for the majority of people, it's more awkward and like getting to know each other again a little bit than it is like some hot and heavy you know, right, (laughs) whatever. Right. However, because of the pandemic, all those things that Drew would normally have done when he came home, all these meetings, he did still have to do some like physical therapy and some things like that. But pretty much everything else, all the travel, all the meetings were either moved virtually or postponed or canceled altogether. Oh, wow. So he did do a few days in the quarantine facility because we were still trying to figure out like yeah, what it was is May this world of 2020. Is it, that right? He, it was April, April, so we were still like everybody was just still confused. We did not know. What was going yeah, we did not know right. what to do. So they did a few. He did about a week there, but then he came home, and then it's like he never left. <laughs> and, it, and, and all my kids are here, and so it's right. like, hi, uh, nice to meet you again. Like I haven't lived with you for 10 months and now you're home and in my business. And oh, by the way, all four kids are here and <laughs> bored and we can't go, and there's nowhere to go. And so like, welcome home to all of us. Yes. Like, you know, like yes. what is this? I would not recommend it for everyone. It was, <laughs> it was definitely. You have to have a grace to do this. There has you to be a to grace a on your life. Grace. Yes. Those first few weeks, I went on a lot of like, I'm going to go for a walk when yes. you're coming back. I don't know. <laughs> Don't text me. I'll be back when I'm back, okay? That's right. Like, yeah. You're like, it won't be 10 months. So that's what you can know. I'm coming back today. That's right. right. I may walk 10 miles, but it was like, like I just need to be alone by myself without another human being laying on me, trying to talk to me, looking over my shoulder, like all the things that everybody has been experiencing. So, I mean, even now, it's not fully back to normal. Everybody's still like half and half virtual or whatever. Yeah. And so it's been a weird, you know, a weird kind of adjustment, not standard. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Nutrafol. I was on a walk with my friend, Laura. Hi, Laura. We were out the other day and she was kind of lamenting about how weak and thin her hair is and that it's continuing to thin. 
And I was like, hi, I don't know if you've heard of a little podcast called That Sounds Fun, but one of our amazing partners has the exact solution for you. If you're like Laura, which statistics say you just might be, and you're dealing with weekend or thinning hair, might I suggest you check out Nutrafol. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol, with many of them raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Nutrafol Women, which is the one I use, it's ideal if you're experiencing thinning hair caused by stress or dieting or overstyling and environmental toxins, while Women's Balance is formulated with additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. As with most good things, healthier hair growth takes some time. You'll begin experiencing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. Though I'll tell you, I've been doing it for a while, a month and a half, and I can tell a difference. I can't wait to report back to y'all about Laura's hair transformation. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported having improved hair growth after six months. More than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show. I'm looking at you, Laura, by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code TSF, and you'll save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, Laura, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order, so get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's in U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com and the promo code is T-S-F. And I've got one more amazing partner to tell you about, Rothy's. Y'all know me. I wrote about this and that sounds fun. But when I discover something I love, I go ahead and let myself fall head over heels. Crazy in love with it. I'm just an all-in kind of gal. And that's precisely how I feel about Rothy's. And I have a gut feeling they'll be your new everyday shoe obsession too. Rothy's Shoes gives you right-out-of-the-box comfort, comes in amazing styles and a huge variety of colors, and you can wash them, you guys, like in your washing machine. And they stay looking like new. It's easy to see why millions of women wear Rothy's Shoes every single day. You've heard me talk about their flats before because they're so incredibly comfortable. In fact, People Magazine named The Point the best flat for their first ever style awards in 2021. Everyone seems to know about the best-selling point in the flat from Rothy's, but they also make insanely comfortable sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, and more. The best part is everything Rothy's makes is better for the planet, and they've repurposed millions of water bottles. I talk about this all the time. They've repurposed millions of water bottles into their signature thread that goes into every single one of their products. Yes, let's clean up the oceans, you guys. Well done, Rothy's. And well done you, my friend, for supporting our partners who are doing good in the world. My Rothy's are some of my most comfortable shoes, which is why they stay in constant rotation. Listen, that point in black, I love it. I move too fast to be walking around in uncomfortable kicks. Step up your shoe and accessory game this spring and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? Because that happens all the time with me. Plus, get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash sounds fun. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Stacy. And then Drew's home and y'all are all in the house and you're writing a book about your experience yes. with him. What is that yeah, like? So for that no one leaves and you're sitting there literally processing what you and God yes. are learning and how that will help all sorts of parents and spouses in this book. But what was that yes. like? I mean, you're sitting oh, there well, writing and he's in the house. 
Yeah. Well, first I bought a pair of noise canceling headphones there and you I go. was like, when these, right. when these are on, everyone needs to leave me alone. Yes. Yeah. It was a lot of adjustment and it was uh, one of the great things about it is I am not a super, I'm an introspective person, but I don't reflect on my past a lot. Just I'm like, I'm a very like, let's move forward to the yeah, next, to too. the next. Yep. And so that forcing myself in this process of writing to sit and like reflect and, and not only like, oh, how do I describe this event or these feelings yeah. so that other people can understand them and feel like they're there, but like, what are those feelings? Yeah. And like, how, what was I how feeling? How did I feel? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what did I feel about that? Yes. And uh, that I think was a deeper level of processing for me than what I would kind of default mm. to. And so yeah. that was, that was really good. Is it because you sat down to write it? Do you think that's what, yeah. I mean, cause you know, I, our friends here, we talk a lot about journaling. We talk a lot about writing books, whether they are for your family or for the masses or anything in between. So you think the writing helped with your processing of it? Yes. And I think, you know, as an Enneagram 8, we have very deep feelings, but we don't like to go there because they're so deep that they yeah. can be painful and uncomfortable. Yeah. And there were times even like not even reflecting on things that had happened during Drew's mission, but yes. you know, I write about some things that happened with friends, you know, five, 10 years ago yeah. or whatever. And I would cry writing it, you wow. know, because I really hadn't reflected and not just out of sadness, but out of like, wow, like thinking about those friends and how they really supported me in that time or or that really was like a unique experience. Like I'd cry out of gratitude. Yeah. And even like, I, even when I was like recording the audiobook, like I read the, like I wrote the book. Right. You, know, you write a book, you read it about five bazillion That's right. times. That's right. You're editing. That's right. And then you, and then you're reading it out loud for the audiobook recording. I cried again. I mean, wow. I was just like, oh my I gosh. I always cry reading my audiobooks too. It's, I mean, I'm like, who am I? This is not... <laughs> Like, stop with all the like, feelings. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm not a four. Like, what am I doing? Stop crying. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I mean, when you are, when you're thinking about people getting this book, which today, as far as we know, they can pre-order and it's coming in yes. just a couple of weeks. When you're yes. thinking about people getting these books, we have one really sweet comment from a friend who said, I'm so pumped to read your book. The pieces of wisdom that have come from your social media things that you've shared are already have her hooked, which I think is exactly oh, true. Awesome. I mean, I'm probably not going to marry an astronaut. I mean, the, the the Lord still could decide whatever he wants, and so could I. You never but know. you never know. I'm always telling you to find me one. But the majority <laughs> of us are not married to astronauts. Right. So talk a little bit about, because the subtitle is How Launching My Husband into Outer Space Changed My Life on Earth. Yeah. So how has this changed your life as the non-astronaut in your family? Yeah, you know, I think it was a really unique experience that most people don't get to experience where not just was there a rocket launch, but in that moment of waiting for that rocket to, yeah. to light, you know, where you are forced to really decide what is my life based on right now? Like, where do wow. I find, where is where is my firm footing? Yeah. And standing there in the dark, you know, and I talk about it in chapter one, because it really is like the base for everything else. Yes. We're standing there. And I remember my escort had warned me. He was like, hey, just so you know, when they when they light the rocket, there's going to be a lot of fire. Like it's going to look like it's exploding. And oh. it's, it's not. It's not, though. It's yeah. not. It's just going to. It's But but I'm telling you this because if you don't know that. Yeah. You see all this fire and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, like yes. you're going to freak out. And so you're standing there, you know, as I describe it, like with my kids in the dark and you know that in like 10 seconds, 
this is either going to be like the most awe-inspiring, amazing, like proud moments of your life. Yeah. Or it, you're going to become a widow. Like oh there's gosh. no two ways about this. There's no middle ground. That, right? Yeah, and there's it's only like two options. Wow. That's right. And, you know, it could go either way. Like it is not yes. assured, right? Yes. And so because th- things happen. I've seen things happen. So and, and in that moment, it, it's very scary because you're like, oh, my gosh, like the yeah. world is full of unknowns. And what am I doing? Right. Like which way right. is it going to go? Right. And honestly, either way what happens next after that is yeah. like completely unknown. Yes. And it's terrifying. In that moment, it's absolutely overwhelming and, and terrifying. And I felt like God was prompting, asked me the question, like, okay, you're feeling this. So what is your life based on? What's yeah. the foundation of your life? Because if it's this husband in this rocket, yeah. right? And like the financial security or the companionship or your children having a father or like any number of things, if that's what the foundation of your life is built on, it might go away in 10 seconds. Wow. So what are you going to do then, right? And I think that's kind of where a lot of us have a lot of this angst and the anger and all this kind of stuff we've seen in the pandemic. People are feeling what I was feeling then, which is like, what are, what is your life based on? Yes. And if it's based on anything except the unchanging, immovable God, then there's a chance it can go away. Yeah, And a lot of people have been basing their lives on things that have been taken away from them in yes. the last yes. 18 months. Yes, And it's very scary when that happens because you feel like that person getting hit by a wave over and over, like yeah. just tumbled by life. And it's terrifying. And when you're terrified, you lash out and you get angry yep. and you do things out of your fear. And so for me, that moment of being like, okay, God, like I, I'm choosing to build my life on a hope in you. That is, and this mm. hope is is not dependent on whether or not this rocket explodes or not. Yes. And even if it doesn't explode, you know, spoiler, it did not. So everybody can stop holding their breath. Yeah, it that's right. Fine. But like, you know, that whole host of unknowns, like, is this mission going to negatively affect my marriage? Is it going to negatively affect my husband's relationship with his kids? Like, right. what does this mean? Like, all these different aspects of my life. Like, I'm about to become a single parent of four kids, including two teenagers and two tweens. Like, yeah. Like, do I have what it takes? Like, that is like a serious, scary question. My hope is not based on whether or not I do that well. Right. Or, right. Uh, you know, or like whether any of, the, any of these things could be taken away from me. And when you, when you make that decision, like, okay, this is my, fa- this is what my foundation is. I'm choosing. My foundation is my faith in God and that he is with me in good times and bad, no matter which way this launch goes. Like, then it like reorients in that moment, all the rest of your priorities, you know, like it reshuffles all the priorities that I I had organized all different ways, you know, financial stability, my children's behavior, the importance of friendships, all these things, right? Like it reoriented all of them and put them into proper perspective because they can all go away and they could be, and they like tomorrow, you know, like any number of these things could go away, but that one thing can will ne- will never be taken away from. That's promised and it's secure and it's solid. Yeah. And when you build on that, it informs then all those other things. Yeah. So it's chapter one because the rest of it, like when I talk about friendships and being vulnerable, like there's no way I could have been as vulnerable with my friends and strangers yeah. <laughs> yeah. in that mission if my foundation was not built on a hope 
that is not dependent on whether or not that friend helps me or still likes me after I say those, like that I need that help or that I'm not as, that I'm willing to show that I'm not as strong or put together as I would love for people to think that I am, you Uh, know, all those things. Yeah. Yeah, That is internationally true about me as well. Yeah. (laughs) So you know this. I mean, this kind of answers one of these questions, but I want to present it to you as well. One of our friends Shelby asked, do you ever battle anxiety knowing your husband has such a dangerous job? Do you get worried over what may happen? I mean, so many of our friends listening have a partner or a spouse that does a dangerous job and, yeah. and yeah. you too. So how do you deal with the worry and the fear of that? Oh, it's legit, right? Yeah. Like it, it is. Um, yeah. Whether you're spouse or even a parent or even just a friend, right, is a fireman, a police officer, uh, you know, or or an astronaut, like whatever it is, right, like a dangerous job. Yeah, there definitely can be a natural level of anxiety there. Yeah. There are certainly things like that we did that the military encourages, that psychiatrists encourage, like that takes some of the edge off. Yeah, like it sounds like, again, that is such a gift. That's right. And get, and honestly, like getting your affairs in order, you know, because a lot of the anxiety comes from the unknown of like, if the worst thing happens, then what? And it's that, I don't know. And that's terrifying. So it's like, do you, I mean, we did some, some things that some people would have difficulty with, but in the military and in this lifestyle, you do like, you make a list of who gets all, like which kid gets Drew's you know, like his valuable things, like, uh, yeah. where is the, like, you make sure your will is updated right. and right. you talk about insurance policies and you, yeah. you have these difficult conversations that are uncomfortable, but when you get through them, mm. it gives you a level of peace because you're like, well, at least we've got, at least I know that now, right? Yes. Like yes. that's taken care of. And then, yeah, surrounding yourself with people who aren't afraid to sit with you in that and be like, yeah, that would be scary. Yeah. But not just end the conversation there. Like, oh my yes. gosh, you're right. That's terrifying. We should be terrified. Let me join you. We in are your terror. all so scared like, now. We're all scared. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. You know, like, oh my gosh, I you're mean, like, wait, Stacey, I hadn't considered how dangerous that part was. You're right. That's right. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Now it's even worse. Yeah. Like, I, I think back how, like, a lot of these were like little lessons I learned in baby steps when he was deployed and then put, yeah. put them into practice even bigger. You know, I think back to my friend Lisa, who, when, when our husbands were deployed together and it was one of our first big deployments and it was terrifying because all of our spouses were gone together. The combat was like hot and heavy. People were being wounded and killed all the time. Wow. And one day she said to me, you know, I've been thinking about what would happen if our husbands didn't come home from this deployment, if they got Uh, killed. And it was like, I'm sorry, you did what? Like, why were you thinking about that? (laughs) That's terrible. And she said, and I've just, you know, I've realized like the sun would still come up tomorrow Wow. It not saying life wouldn't be hard, but I know that God would take care of us and doesn't mean you wouldn't need therapy. Doesn't mean it wouldn't be difficult or full of challenges, but like God would provide and bring people alongside us and we would get through it and the sun would still rise and still set every day. Yeah. And that kind of like willingness to acknowledge like yeah, that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Pretending like it's not a possibility does not help you. It makes things worse, especially if something bad does happen. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, but what, what's the next step after yeah. you acknowledge? Yeah, that could yeah. happen. But again, what's your faith based on, right? Like what is your life based on? Mm-hmm. If it is based on a singular person, then whether now or later, that will not stand because yeah. everybody, everybody leaves, right? Everybody, everybody like leaves. it can't, nothing lasts forever. Like no, they're a human being. And yes. so 
whether you are relying on your spouse, a friend, a political figure, like any individual singular person, like prepare yourself for eventual disappointment. Yes. That's why God gives us this other alternative of like, rely on me. I'm not going anywhere. Yes. For our friends listening who maybe they have lost their partner in some tragic way through police work or being deployed or a car accident or childbirth or, I mean, a thousand ways, unfortunately, that you can die. I was honored to write the foreword of The Astronaut's (laughs) Wife, so I have read it. But you do talk about like walking with other people through some of those days. Yeah. What is the hope in the middle of that? What is the hope when your husband's deployed? What is the hope when your wife and child are driving to work and something could happen to yeah. them there? And what is the hope when something has happened and you're just trying to survive and the sun has come up and the sun's gone down, but life does not feel like life? Right. And and the reality is that some days just getting up is like a victory. Yes. You know, like yes. getting out of bed is is what you need to do today. Yes. And I think, you know, it's the biggest challenge is fighting off that huge lie that our internal, you know, voice says like this pain you are in right now, you will always feel like this. It's always going to be like wow. this from this point on forever. Yeah. So this is who you are now. Sorry. This is who you are now. Yeah. Yep. This is yeah. th- life is always going to be this hard. These people, like people are always going to disappoint you. Yep. You're always going to struggle. No one loves you. Like whatever, you know, and that is just, that is like the fastest downward spiral into despair. Yes. And so for all of us, anybody who does all that, of us, that is, that's right. I mean, such a spiraling I, have cir- point. I have circled that drain many Me a time, you Me know, too. um, because that is like, that is the voice that will default mm-hmm. when you have mm-hmm. no other voices speaking into you. Yes. And so sometimes like it's about getting up and taking a shower, you know, and having to remind yourself that like tomorrow is another day and Mm -hmm. every day is one step closer to life moving on. And again, doesn't mean it's always going to be awesome. Like your life may be very hard for a very long time after that. There is real grief and there's real pain and that's okay. Like feel it, right? Like, like don't be afraid of it and don't be afraid to tell people, that that's how you're feeling, like your your real friends, and maybe some professionals yes. as well, yes. right? Yeah. Like uh, probably some professionals. Like yeah. th- that's okay. Like they want to help you, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, mm-hmm. they want to they want to help you through your pain. They're yes. not going to try to solve it or fix it. They can't. Yeah. Only God can heal that in you. Yeah. But don't isolate yourself. Yes. Like you get out and and tell people, I need help. I'm yes. like, I'm lonely. I'm sad. I'm I'm just struggling. Yeah. And then let people be with you in that. But but don't deny yourself the pain. Like don't try to pretend like everything's mm-hmm. okay when it's not. Expect that it's gonna be hard, but God promises to bring people alongside us. Yes. You know, that's like that's the faith, right? Like I I know that even if things go sideways, God will comfort me both divinely, (laughs) you know, uh, but also he will send real people to me to hug me and dry my tears and hold my hand and just sit with me in silence if I open the door and let them come in. Right, right. And so that's the part I have to do is like open the door and be like, please, I, I, I need somebody to be with me. But pretending like that isn't a possibility you know, it's it's a recipe for like a lot of problems yes. if you don't acknowledge it. But you can't let it dictate your life. That's right. You this. have to hold both. This could That's be right. true. It is not true today. That's right. And because the reality is that even if your spouse or friend or parent or whatever has a right. very risky job, 
it is equally risky to drive on the highway. Yeah, it is equally right. risky to eat expired yogurt sometimes. <laughs> like, I mean, like, oh my gosh. you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I mean, like things like we accept risk in <laughs> all these other areas. Yogurt. <laughs> I mean, like, I did, like, was this lunch meat? When did we buy this lunch meat? I don't know. You know, like uh, if we take risk in all these areas. Yeah. And we assign like kind of higher values to some when sometimes that's actually not actually accurate yeah. in how much risk it is. And so we can't like you, you've got to like reorient yourself to like, yeah. OK, this risk is part of life. The first step is like acknowledge. Yeah, life is risky, but you can't stay home and wrap yourself in bubble wrap or never go anywhere. Yeah, you know, right. like that's right. I flew somewhere this weekend and and as I was leaving for the airport, I thought oh, I should just stay home. This is like, I don't have to do this. I'll probably want to. And I was like, there's no reason for me to stay home. I'm just have these, like, it almost feels a little bit like a COVID fear holdover yes. of like, no, I should, what if, and what if, and what if? And then I was like, oh, this is the path that makes people stop being brave is when yes. you start listening to the what ifs. Now, if there was any reason outwardly that I should have stayed home, I should pay attention to that wisdom, but there wasn't. That's not the situation we were in. That's right. And it's, that's why, And that's why, like, I encourage everyone to go jump out of an airplane once in their life. Oh, I hate that you do that. I know. You've said that I to know. me. I think that's the worst idea Listen, you've ever had. It's the best idea in the world. And here's why. Because no. the risk, like, everybody goes like, oh, my gosh, like, I could never do that. It's too risky. But the statistics don't play out that way. Like, <laughs> that's what's so funny, right? Because we think in our minds we're like, Jumping out of an airplane equals danger equals death. Yeah, like, that's so exactly like, no, right. Absolutely not. But the reality is, because I've done the statistical work, like you need to trust, yes. trust the math, right? Like the reality is the level of fear does not equal the statistical yes. risk. Yes. It is not risk-free, but it's actually safer then honestly, like, you know, Houston highways are like, you know, yeah. crazy scary sometimes. Yes. Like I have a much higher chance of getting in a major car accident yes. and like probably dying, you know, driving to Trader Joe's than I do. Mm. Jumping um, out of a plane. Jumping out of an airplane. Stacey. But that's right. And like, that's a reality that a lot of people, they don't really think about because they just think that behavior equals danger. So I don't yes. want to do it. Yes. But when you do it, when you like force yourself to overcome your preconceived notions of what's dangerous, what's yes. not, what's worth risking for, what's not, it like, it kind of breaks this, you know, way of thinking yeah. that people have about like, well, I could never do that. Like, why not? What are you actually afraid of? Like, what's yeah. the actual risk here? And I love, you know, my son turned 18 and you have to be 18 to skydive. And he had said a while ago he wanted to skydive. And I was like, yes. And and believe me, when I when I was standing there, like, watching him put his gear on, I was like, this was a huge mistake. <laughs> I'm, putting my, I'm putting my baby, like, yes. you know, and I'm like, I'm looking at this instructor. And he's like, like, skydiving instructors are all, like, super cool, chill guys. Yeah, they totally. Have, like, really cool accents. And you're like, oh, man, uh, I could never be. They're like surfers that way. Yes, you know? yes. I was about to say, and are they like surfers? That would be my guess. They're like surfers, just, like, with their own little skydiving twist. And they're, they do it so much that they can almost seem like they're so casual about it because they've right. got like bazillions of jumps. And you're like, I'm giving you my baby. <laughs> you know? Do not screw this up, mister. You know? Right. And, and I felt that fear of like, this feels dangerous. Yeah. So I should be... I, I should want to stop it. Yeah. I should be attempting to stop this. Yeah. And like taking a deep breath and being like, okay, I got to trust that. I got to trust the stats. I got to trust this guy. I got to trust his equipment. And when, you know, I let him go and it was like, 
Ooh, so I'm gonna go like breathe into a paper bag was for a Drew few minutes there too. <laughs> and, yeah, Drew was Drew jumped out of the plane with him. Oh, of course. And Drew's uh, probably jumped yeah. out of a billion planes, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. But you know, it's like, does it matter? He's not like he's gonna if anything went sideways, <laughs> not much he can do. That's right. He like just has a closer view of something yeah. terrible happening. Did I he, guess. Was he strapped to someone or did they let him do it alone? He's alone because he yeah, yeah, he's an experienced skydiver, yeah. so he went alone. But That's uh, so you know, cool. when they landed the look on my son's face, who's not, he's not like a super outwardly like emotional guy, but like his face, like I saw it. He got it wow. in that moment of like, yes, there are, there are so many things in life worth risking for. And a lot of them actually aren't even as risky as we think they are. Yes. We just have to like, to, you know, to, to fully draw this illustration out. Like you just have to be willing to jump, yes. you know? Yes. And then, and then everything, and again, it reshuffles that life priorities. Yes. Right. Yes. And probably for your son, practicing something like jumping out of a plane and practicing the courage that takes can play out in things that are not physically dangerous can play out in where he's going to college and, and the girl he takes on a date and what he wants to do with his life. I mean, because he has this practice of when I jump out of the plane, I survive this thing. I didn't know I'd survive. He will be braver in his everyday life. That's right. I mean, it's like, you can be like, I can have this hard conversation because I've jumped out of a stinking because I've jumped airplane. Out of a plane. Yeah. yeah, that's. I think yeah. you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our amazing partners, Stamps.com. So very technically speaking, Downs Books and the That Sounds Fun Network are small businesses. You know, in comparison with lots of the like giant corporations out there, but we're a big business to me. We're always paying attention to ways we can learn and do our work more efficiently and be sure we're being the best stewards we can so that we can serve our friends, that's you, uh, the best that we can. Well, Stamps.com helps us make sure that we're not wasting time or money with unnecessary or repeated trips to the post office. And they can for you too. With Stamps.com, you can skip the trip and focus on how to take your small business to the next level. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer and saves you money in the process. So you can spend less time at the post office and more time making your customers happy. Stamps.com saves you time, money, and stress. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over a million businesses. Stamps.com gives you access to all the post office and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer. And the discounts, you can't find them anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, which I love your stuff, send it on, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer, no special supplies or equipment. You'll be up and running in minutes, putting official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. So stop overpaying for shipping with stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code that sounds fun for a special offer that includes a four week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the little microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code that sounds fun. And friends, are you super into the Enneagram? If so, I have some really exciting news for you today. My dear friend, Beth McCord from Your Enneagram Coach, is inviting all of our friends to join her for a free, totally free Enneagram training. While you may know Beth as one of my favorite Enneagram experts, what you may not know is that Beth has helped more than 1,800 people worldwide become Enneagram coaches. This special group of coaches includes therapists and pastors, church staff, business owners, HR professionals, stay-at-home moms, and even college students. And these coaches are literally changing people's lives daily as they serve others with the Enneagram. 
Beth's certification program is also super unique because it's flexible, affordable, and faith-based. In fact, it can be done virtually at your own pace or in a special three-day virtual event format. Can you imagine becoming an absolute Enneagram expert in just three days? It's possible, and you can learn all about it in Beth's free training. In the free training called How to Become an Enneagram Coach, Beth is going to tell you what Enneagram coaches do, what her certification process looks like, and what becoming a coach could make possible for you. The best part is she'll personally be there to help you decide if becoming an Enneagram coach is right for you. She hosts every session live and personally attends so she can answer all your questions in real time. Plus, Beth will give you $200 off her certification program just for attending one of the trainings. This is such a cool opportunity and a great deal. But more than that, I want you to think about what might be possible in your life if you could take your love of the Enneagram and your heart to serve people and turn that into an amazing coaching practice. What if that coaching practice meant more income and more impact and more fulfillment for you this coming year? It sounds fun, right? If you're at all curious, I want you to grab a spot at one of Beth's free trainings. The trainings will be happening from February 28th through March 8th, and you can select the time that works best for you at enneagramwebinar.com slash TSF. Again, head to enneagramwebinar.com slash TSF right now to reserve your spot in one of Beth's free Enneagram trainings and learn all about how becoming an Enneagram coach can change not only your life, but help you greatly impact the lives of others. And now back to finish up our conversation with Stacy. You and Drew met at West Point. Are the kids following yes. in your footsteps? Are they like thinking about a life of service, thinking about yes, maybe astronauting? Well, I don't know about astronauting, but my son is going to West Point. He's going next wow. year. And so that's a little terrifying also when your child like follows in your footsteps. Sure. You're like, woo boy, here we go. <laughs> right, I know what's right. coming down the pipeline for you. Right. So we're excited, you know, like it's a, uh, it, but it's a life of service, you know, it's a little unique when your child chooses to serve yes. in the military or in any kind of career that is service oriented. Yes. It's, it's different because they're not just like some college student who like comes back and bums around your house, you know, like right. he, ha- will have, he has a purpose. And again, that willing of like, I'm willing to risk my own children. Like there is a sense of like, I'm going to trust this, that God has a purpose for you. And that even if I kept you at home and like forced you into a giant Bjorn that I carried (laughs) around all on me somehow, like, Oh, I am picturing your son. He is so tall. I am picturing, and he has your face and Drew's face somehow and (laughs) shaved head. And he's in a baby Bjorn that is 18 year old size. This is a great, that's right. On my chest. That's right. Like, is that like, what kind of life is that? Yeah. You know, like I want him to live a life of risk. Yeah. Like I like unafraid to take risks because the yes. alternative. And I think that's where we that's when we don't when we don't do the mental math and like take the risks. That's what we don't think about though. Is like mm-hmm. we go like, ooh, like risk is something to be avoided as an adult. Like responsible adults avoid risks at all costs. Yeah. But the reality is when we do that, like what kind of life are we living? Like right. do right. You, do you really want to live a risk-free life? What is that? You yes. know? Yes. I think for most of us risk is what makes like in, in all its form, not just physical risk, right? Like risk in so many things, you know, right. having hard conversations, getting married, having a baby, changing yeah. jobs, moving across the country, whatever it is, right? Like there's so many different ways to risk, like, but that's what gives our life purpose and meaning. And that's when like God does not, I, I don't know of a single time when God has asked me to do something that didn't involve a level of risk yeah, of absolutely. some kind. Yeah, you know? that's what I heard a guy who makes movies on a podcast yesterday, and they said, "What is, or how do you decide the next movie you're going to make?" And he said, "I do the one that I'm most scared to make." 
And right. I was like, oh, I mean, I it has messed with me all day of like, oh, yeah, the the most successful people we know are doing things that terrify them. And they're failing all the time, but they're succeeding some of the time. That's right. And sometimes even when we when we are, you know, we're offered something in life, God brings something into our path and it feels risky. Yeah. Our own hesitation reflects that we have put that thing that is at risk again in a, on a pedestal that yes. we should not have. Yes. Like, Ooh, well, I don't know, financially risky. Like, okay, am I, <laughs> so if I did lose that money or, or that job did not, whatever, pay, whatever, whatever, like if, am I putting too much stock in my financial security being yeah. like what determines my yeah. life yeah. and its purpose? Or is it, well, what if I do that? And yeah, like it affects like, whatever it is. You know, it's sometimes it's a little indicator of um, a piece of our soul that we don't often examine yes. too closely. Yes. I think I told you this in real life when it was happening, but about a year ago, the Lord and I had a real serious conversation about me giving up something that mattered a lot to me. And I remember saying to the Lord, well, I know it wasn't a capital I idol because I'm not saying no, but man, the <laughs> way this hurts, it must be a lowercase I idol. <laughs> oh, because yeah. if I hadn't had it in the wrong spot, I wouldn't care you were asking for it. That's right. I mean, it's right. It's like it's like uh, it's like tithing, right? It's like giving to something, right? Like, right. what kind of gift is it if it doesn't hurt a little bit, right? Right? You know, right. and whatever it is in your life, and and yeah, and to me, I'm trying to get. And again, this is a process. Like, I'm trying to get more comfortable with viewing that that feeling of discomfort and that like feeling of like, ooh, this feels risky, instead of being a signal that I should, oh, I should go the other way. Right, like I should right. avoid this instead of it, instead seeing it as an invitation, like, oh, I'm being, God is inviting me into something here. Right. And even if it doesn't go awesome, like, or the yeah. way I would want it to, there's something here that God is asking me to, yes. to, to examine. And maybe it's just knocking that thing off of the pedestal. Right. Uh, right. That has, you know, has become an idol to me or just, you know, whatever it is, I don't know. But maybe risk is not a harbinger of danger, but is in fact an invitation from God to get involved in something deeper. Ooh, better. you better say that. Somebody just wrote that down <laughs> and somebody hates you for saying that because now they have to uh, like do the thing that they've been like putting off doing. As I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, I bet people wish they could hear her speak. Can people invite you in to do their conferences yes. and events and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And they can contact me off of my website, Stacy Morgan 2000, like the number 2000. Yes. And they can contact me on there. And uh, yeah. Okay, good. Because I've heard you speak and I'm listening to you now and I'm like, man, she is so good at like just saying the thing. And so, <laughs> and I know our thing. friends. Yeah. I mean, I hear all the time from conferences who are looking for people that they are new to being friends with to come and speak to their women, especially after they read their books. So maybe some of our friends listening, you know, maybe next year your women's group reads The Astronaut's Wife and then Stacy comes in and speaks at the end of it or something or kicks it off. About or, all the, I will come speak about all the things. All <laughs> the things. I all love the it. Things. Um, what did we not talk about that you want to talk about? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, you and I have lots, lots of things you and I like. like, to talk it's about. like where do you begin? <laughs> where, where um, I had begin? sushi for dinner last night. I thought of you because you oh, and I had sushi last yes. time you were in town. It was yes. delicious. We did not go to that sushi. same place. I love sushi. I don't get it very often because I have too many mouths in this house. Sushi is so expensive. <laughs> I know. When you come to me, when every time you come to Nashville, yes. we will absolutely feed you sushi. I have to eat it like in secret. Like, you know, the, you know, you know, you know, those people who are like, I ate my lunch in the car. Don't tell yeah, anybody. Yeah, like yeah, sometimes, yeah. 
sometimes that's how I feel like when I go to the grocery store and there's always like that elaborate sushi station. Yes. And I'm like, I, I could buy this and eat it in the car. And, and you're no kind of close to water. I bet you'll have good sushi. Uh, I, I don't think anybody's pulling sushi fish out of the <laughs> Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> You know what? I I bet you're right. I've never one time thought about where the fish come from besides water. I just thought water. water. And so, but I do know that Mexican <laughs> food in, in Houston is delicious. Uh, the, yes, yes. Come yes. F- for our, you know, come for the tacos and stay for the enchiladas. We've got That's a lot right. of really good. <laughs> I will. I will do that. Okay, so I'm very excited for Astronaut's Wife to come out. I loved it. Thank you for letting me read it, and thanks for letting me write the forward. I just, it's an awesome book. You're an incredibly good writer. Well, thank you. I'm going to ask you to write the forward to my next one. Okay, happily. I will. I absolutely <laughs> will. We make rules every year of how many opportunities we have space for, for writing forwards and, and endorsements. And like Stacey Morgan is just like an, a yes. So it's just a yes. Awesome. You're always yes. in. Okay, so because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. I, You've okay, done this before. So the, I know. The And I'm going to give a similar answer. Did you see the amazing race just started back up again? And yes. <laughs> I'm like, so, and half filmed before the pandemic and half yes, now. Wild. That's right. Okay. And so if anybody's watching, hopefully, you, you know, sorry for the people who DVR'd this and are just yeah. now catching up. But when they started it back up, they had to like bring in some other teams because the, some teams couldn't come back. Yeah. And I was like, you know what sounds fun? Being one of those substitute and that's amazing <laughs> race. Teams like, I'm coming in. Bring it. Like, yes. But, you know, I love international travel and because it's scary sometimes and makes me uncomfortable and involves a lot lot of risk. Yeah. And it just feels so hard right now because, like, you know, like your trip got canceled. And when you do go to places, it feels like, is this, like, is this worth it right now? All these restrictions or whatever. So in an an imaginary world where everything is now wonderful again. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like, being a contestant on the amazing race sounds like the most fun. Stacey, you and Drew would yeah. dominate that. Let me just tell you though, like every we watch this together, and yes, of course. Every you once do. in a while, Drew's like, you know, you couldn't be snide to me, and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, well, you. It makes you examine your relationship, right? Because you watch these people's marriage, like these people, even yes. friends or dating couples, and you're like, first of all, I would never go on one of these shows with someone I was dating. Absolutely never. not. I would never. Oh my gosh, no. no. And then the married couples and the friends, you're like, oof, like how would I act in that situation if I'm like tired and yes. this person just totally, like I didn't know that you don't know a single international flag and now our whole thing <laughs> depends on this. Like, oh my gosh. How do you not know one flag from you, another country? You don't know you don't know a single European flag. That's the problem with if people yeah. go on that are dating. You're like, I am not, I'm seeing so many flaws in this weird, oh li- I, I cannot marry you. I cannot spend That's my right. life with you. All this is doing is highlighting that you don't know a single flag for the entire country. And therefore right. I am uninterested. What do you, what do you mean you can't eat that? Like <laughs> I, you better eat that right now. Like, I mean, it, it brings there is out no like, can't do it. You're going to eat that 800 pound thing of whatever yes, wheel of yes, cheese yes. if it kills you. you know? Listen, like, I'm the person that my partner would be like, you can't get over that wall. Just get over <laughs> that wall. I mean, I can't even ski. My arms are so weak. And, and they'll be like, just Annie, pull up over the wall. I'll be like, I can't pull up over. I can't, I can't barely get myself out of a car. I just can't. I can't pull up over a wall. 
Well, that's right. And so my nightmare, it's both it's both my fantasy and my nightmare oh, to perfect. be on that show. Because it would be true. like it would be like first like Speed bump one, do a cartwheel. I'd be yes. like, we're out, we're out. Yes, we're yes. Out. Sorry, Phil. We're all the Sorry, way Phil. out. Yes, that's right. all the way out. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. You know, and I, or I, like, I wonder if yeah. Drew has too many national and international secrets. His security clearance mm. is so high in our world. I wonder if he knows <laughs> too much to be on a television show. We both agree that while it would be fun to be together, you each have this like friend that you're like, honestly, though, if I wanted to win. <laughs> Like, I don't know that you would be the partner. And I, for me, it's like, that's, that's a super level of friendship. Like, I could be your friend, or are we, like, amazing race friends? Yes, like, yes, could yes. I could I be with you and, like, together have to strip down to our skivvies and yes. jump in an icy pool in Siberia together and you not be mad at me? Yes. Or, like, and also, do you have stilt walking skills? Can you carry <laughs> 800 pounds? Yeah, you like, and I are going to be friends yeah. our whole lives. I will never live up to being an amazing race friend. I just need you to know. I'll be an amazing yeah. taco friend all day long. There you go. Wait, amazing well, sushi challenge. friend. Yeah, and, oh, oh, the food the challenges food, the food can do. Can do. Did you? Yeah. So there was a couple seasons ago, there was a there was a challenge. I don't, somebody will know what exactly what episode and season this was. Where they ha- had to eat this room full of sushi, and they ha- and there was like a five, room full. Five, yeah. I'm telling you, this room was full of sushi, and there was like five fake pieces, and they are so realistic, you know, because they were in Japan. They made what? those amazing fake foods, and so without touching it, they had to like be like, okay, I think this one is the fake one, and if it was if it was real, they had to eat it. I mean, I'm talking thousands of pieces. And of what sushi. were the fake ones made of? I mean, like uh, when you go to Japan, you see that fake food they make um, that they put on display. It's incredible. Oh, it okay, okay. Real, and so know? the goal was so to was find like the five. They were plastic. Find one of the fake five fake ones. And then you had to eat. But then that meant people were eating dozens of pieces of sushi. And I thought to myself, like, now this challenge, (laughs) this, this one I'm all about. I could could, do this one, yes. I could do this. People were, like, getting sick and, you know. Oh, I am sure. But you and I would have dominated dominated the sushi challenge. We would have found a couple of the plastic ones and been like, we'll be back. We're going to go. That's fine. Just come back to that one. I'm going to go eat dinner around the room. That's right. But mm-hmm. I know this is That's the fake right. one. That's exactly right. That's right. That's right. Uh, Stacey, thanks for coming back on the show. It's been awesome. I love getting to talk to you. I'm so, I mean, I've said this to you in our real lives, but I'm so proud of you for writing this book. You sat down and did a thing that a lot of people say they're going to do and never do. And I'm just thrilled that the world gets to read it. It is such a good book. So I, I just cannot wait for people to have it. Well, thanks for your support. You've been such a great friend and and mentor and guide through the process. I I couldn't have done it without you. You could have. It wouldn't have been as fun. You could have done it though. (laughs) Well, it would not have been as fun or or as good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, isn't she just the best? Oh my gosh. She's hilarious to me and so great. And this book, I'm telling y'all, this book is so good. If you have a podcast and you want to interview Stacey, I think you should. Your audience is going to love what she has to say about what she learned when Drew was in outer space and, you know, in the last 20 years of their life together. Make sure you grab a copy of The Astronaut's Wife, follow Stacey and Drew on social media. You can tell her thanks for being on the show and like 
we have a friend who's an astronaut, you guys. Like, there's a that sounds fun friend who's an astronaut. That is so cool. So follow Drew, too. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find, especially on a bus headed to you, Atlanta. I'm Annie Updowns on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Marietta and Tampa and on the West Coast next week. I'm all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home or meet us on the road and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. And today, what sounds fun to me, honestly, to circle back to the very beginning, I have a counseling appointment today, and that sounds really fun to me to process some of the things that are going on. I hope you will do the same. Have a great weekend, friends. We'll see you out on the road, and we'll see you back here on Monday with the amazing worship leader, Brooke Lidgertwood. We'll see you guys then.